0: Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Uh, (laughs) Okay, hey, look at this. Hang on for one second. There we go. Isn't that fun? I just thought I'd show you the voting buttons. On Wednesday, Republicans dragged four Twitter executives before the House Oversight Committee to get to the bottom of what role Twitter played in working with the FBI. to throw the 2020 election in favor of Joe Biden. Leading off the questioning was Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene grilling the Twitter executives.
1: Daughter's bathroom. Biological males, ivermectin. Democrats did that. Guess what? Shadow ban, and it was against the law. My Democrat opponent, you did that daughter's bathroom to me, and that was wrong. Guess what? And it was against the law. Guess what? Me, ivermectin, violated. You violated ivermectin. Doctors, me, COVID. Doctors, me, and it was against the law. Guess what? Me, with ivermectin. Parents, school boards, gender lies. Me, schools. Biological males, daughter's bathroom, ivermectin, the 2020 election, guess what? Me, ivermectin, that's Americans' First Amendment right. Me, voting machines, you know what? Daughter's bathroom, Democrats did that, ivermectin, me.
0: Marjorie Taylor Greene reminds me of Senator Estes Kefauver back in the early 1950s during the Kefauver hearings into or not organized crime. Marjorie Taylor Green reminds me of Estes Kefauver if Estes Kefauver, instead of a law degree from Yale, had tertiary syphilis gifted to him by a fitness trainer in a Georgia strip mall. Marjorie Taylor Green. Well, as I said, this week, the House Oversight Committee held hearings investigating the role Twitter played in suppressing a New York Post story in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election that claimed as vice president Joe Biden urged Ukraine to fire their lead prosecutor out of fear that that prosecutor was digging too deeply into Hunter Biden's influence peddling over in Ukraine. Now, the New York Post's source on the story was supposedly a laptop that then crack addict. Hunter Biden left at a computer repair shop back in 2019. Republicans during this week's hearings insist that because the FBI in 2020 worked with Twitter to suppress the New York Post's Hunter Biden story, Donald Trump, as a result, lost in November. So wait, let's... Peel this back for a second. Are Republicans claiming, are they admitting that Donald Trump lost in 2020? Because I thought he won. I thought Republicans say he won. Right. These are the very same Republicans who insist Trump got more votes than Biden. But all the Trump votes were electronically converted to Biden votes by Italian satellites a theory promoted by Rudy Giuliani in one of the 50 voter fraud cases he lost right after the 2020 election. But now Republicans are claiming Trump actually lost, not because of voter fraud, but because Americans couldn't read the New York Post story exposing Hunter Biden's corruption marking the first time anyone ever claimed Trump lost because people couldn't read. Well, they couldn't read the Post story. And, uh, you know, the only reason Trump gets any votes is because people can't read. And they couldn't read the Post story. Uh, By the way, also peddled by Rudy, Italian Satellites, Giuliani, Rudy fed the New York Post the laptop story in 2020. And let's say Rudy Giuliani is not the most reliable of sources. This is the same Rudy Giuliani who, who lost his law license in Washington, D.C. and New York. Rudy Giuliani has not been able to practice law for nearly two years. But then again, did he ever really practice law? Back in June... Of 2021, a New York appeals court suspended Rudy's license, concluding he made demonstrably false and misleading statements about the 2020 presidential elections. And then the Washington, D.C. Court of Appeals also suspended Rudy's license in 2021 for communicating misleading information to the courts in his attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential elections. But Rudy was peddling the story to anyone who would listen that Hunter Biden's laptop was a treasure trove of incriminating evidence, incriminating evidence that Joe Biden runs an international crime syndicate. Here's a picture of the Joe Biden crime syndicate. I'm sorry, that's the Trump crime family syndicate. So. That's what the hearings were all about, how Twitter changed the election results in 2020 by not amplifying a story about Hunter Biden, a story that was handed over to the Post by alcoholic Rudy Giuliani, who had in his custody a hard drive purported to have belonged to Hunter Biden. Now, let's pause for a second and consider that It is illegal and immoral to go through someone's laptop. Now, supposedly, because Hunter Biden left that laptop at a repair shop for more than 30 days, Hunter Biden supposedly no longer owned it. Maybe, maybe not. Hunter Biden was addicted to crack at the time, so with the right lawyering, a judge could be convinced that Hunter Biden was mentally disabled. Therefore, he couldn't retrieve the laptop and he was still the rightful owner. More importantly, why would anyone go through somebody else's laptop unless you were looking for dirt? Not sure what the legalities are of a business owner taking possession of a laptop. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to wipe it clean for resale value. Pretty sure it's not legal for him to go through the hard drive. I am certain that there are laws that prevent owners of computer repair shops from going through the laptop of a mentally disabled customer who is addicted to crack Whether that customer still owns the laptop or not, I am almost certain that it is against the law in most states to then turn the contents of that laptop over to political operatives like Rudy Giuliani, who we all know was looking for political dirt on Hunter Biden. If you remember that same year, 2020, Rudy Giuliani played a huge role in Donald Trump's first impeachment when Trump held up the shipment of congressionally sanctioned weapons to Ukraine, unless President Zelensky assisted Rudy Giuliani in digging up dirt on Hunter Biden. Trump didn't say to Zelensky, work with my special prosecutor, Rudy Giuliani, to dig up dirt on Hunter Biden so we can prosecute Hunter Biden. No, no, no. Rudy wasn't a government official. He was just looking for dirt. So the arms shipment to Ukraine were held up supposedly in exchange for dirt. Again, this wasn't about charging Hunter with a crime. That's why Donald Trump was impeached. This was solely about humiliating Joe Biden. And if Donald Trump really thought Hunter Biden had committed some kind of crime in Ukraine, by putting Rudy Giuliani, of all people, in charge of finding the dirt, by putting Rudy Giuliani in charge of that, he automatically guaranteed that all the evidence against this so-called Biden crime syndicate all of that evidence would be contaminated. This was never about uncovering a crime. It was about humiliating Hunter Biden and, in turn, Joe Biden. Now, look, I wanted Bernie Sanders in the primaries. I voted for Biden in the general because I'm a Democrat. If you listen to this show back in 2020, You'll know that my distaste for Joe Biden bordered on hatred. I am not going to relitigate Bernie versus Biden right now. Biden is my president. I'm rooting for him. I can't stand the man, but he's my president and I am rooting for him. I think he does have a family of low rent influence peddlers, including his son, his troubled son, Hunter Biden, who is a self-admitted crack addict. Did Hunter Biden break the law? Yeah, it's illegal to smoke crack. And when you break that law, when you're buying crack, you tend to break other laws. So a crack addict uh, should not be getting jobs at Burisma, you know, that Ukrainian gas company. It stinks to high heaven. But a lot of things stink to high heaven, especially gas. The planet has eight years left because of companies like Barisma, And it says a lot that Biden's son, Hunter, a Yale Law School graduate, was busy making money off fossil fuels instead of working to keep them where they belong, in the ground. It speaks volumes to what the Biden family's priorities are. Like Pelosi, Biden serves in D.C., while the family cashes in. It is why Bernie should have been the nominee in 2020. It's also why Hunter Biden is a crack addict. When you have a father with these kind of values who spends Thanksgiving at David Rubenstein's mansion, David Rubenstein, the founder of the Carlisle Group, when you have a father that has those kind of values who encourages you to do this kind of work for barisma? ultimately it rots your soul and that creates a dependency on alcohol, crack and sex. Now, look, I'm not saying it's the only reason Hunter became a crack addict, but it's one of the reasons. But it doesn't matter who Hunter Biden is or what his values are. Like anyone in America, he is entitled to his privacy. What's on that laptop is his to know and only his to know. This is James O'Keefe. He is the founder of Project Veritas, a far-right nonprofit organization that performs often illegal undercover sting operations to embarrass Democrats and our government often using fake editing techniques that result in James O'Keefe and Project Veritas being ordered to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal settlements involving invasion of privacy. This week, O'Keefe was ordered to take time off from Project Veritas as the organization reviews the way he treats his employees. This is according to the latest reporting in New York Magazine and Rolling Stone. O'Keefe is reportedly, allegedly, a petty tyrant around the office who abuses not just his staff, but allegedly misused more than 20 grand in tax-free donations to pay for hotels and airfare when And I wish I were making this up when he starred in a 2021 production of the musical Oklahoma being staged in Virginia. Yeah, he's also a song and dance man. Well, things turned especially sour for James O'Keefe and Project Veritas back in November of 2021 when the FBI raided his home to determine what role James O'Keefe and Project Veritas played in the theft of Ashley Biden's diary. That would be the daughter of Jill and Joe Biden, who had been in rehab back in 2019. And part of her treatment was to keep a diary, which two associates of Don Jr. and Kimberly Gargoyle stole, stole from Ashley Biden back in 2020 and tried to sell it allegedly to James O'Keefe's Project Veritas. Those two friends of Don Jr. and Kimberly Gargoyle pleaded guilty. All this was going on while Rudy Giuliani was busy peddling the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. None of this. Project Veritas, digging up dirt, on Hunter, stealing Ashley's diary. None of this is about serving the American people or solving a crime, preventing corruption. No, it's just about destroying lives and winning elections. Conservative organizations like James O'Keefe's Project Veritas, they don't stand for anything other than proving government can never work because the people involved with government are morally flawed. And this serves the people who bankroll Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. The richest 1% like Project Veritas because they want to discredit government and the people who work in government because the richest 1% don't want to be regulated or pay taxes. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, they play to low information voters and convince them that everyone in government is flawed. Therefore, all of government is flawed. ACORN, a community organizing group in nearly 30 states, was destroyed by O'Keefe back in 2009 when he went undercover to humiliate low-level ACORN staffers. This resulted in ACORN losing federal funding. A lot of people who work for ACORN did work for the Census Bureau. ACORN lost the Census Bureau contracts. They did some work for the Internal Revenue Service. ACORN lost that contract. And Congress, because of Project Veritas, voted to cut off all grants to ACORN. Within one year... Because of James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, ACORN filed for bankruptcy within one year of this video. It no longer exists here in America. ACORN just doesn't exist. Community organizing group, people of color. So this isn't just a war against government. It's a war against people of color, people who promote community development. This is hatred, big Hatred, hatred, not just for government, but for helping people, especially low wage workers and people of color. What a big surprise that James O'Keefe would be forced to take a paid vacation as his organization looks into his alleged abuse of his employees over at Project Veritas. It just doesn't stop with The Democrats or acorn. These people feed on everything in front of them. They can't help themselves. Hunter Biden left his computer at a repair shop because he's a crack addict, self-admitted. The details are murky on how the New York Post got the laptop. The details are murky on purpose because Republicans love a murky story. The Hunter Biden story is a greased pig. You cannot grab hold of it. You're not supposed to because Republicans can use a greased pig of a story to convince most people or enough people to believe there's something there. That's how Rudy operates. Right? Just convince people that you know we can't put our finger on it, but there's something dirty here. Rudy Giuliani can't win when he goes before judges or a jury, so he plays the court of public opinion by sowing doubt. but eventually these do th- these things end up in court, and despite all the problems with our court system. Our courts still require evidence. And that's why Rudy lost 50 cases challenging the 2020 election results. He had no evidence. And that's why he got his law license suspended less than a year later in D.C. and New York. Eventually, you need evidence. Hunter Biden left his hard drive at a repair shop back in 2019. Now, on the face of it, just looking at Hunter Biden's laptop, was there reasonable suspicion that a crime had been committed? Absolutely not. And if there was reasonable suspicion, why aren't you taking the laptop To the police or the fbi why is rudy instead going to the new york post why if it's if there's something criminal on the laptop why are you going to the new york post first why aren't you going to the fbi or the police back in the 1980s rudy was a star prosecutor for the federal government In 2020, while he was peddling the story, he was still an officer of the court. And if a crime was on that hard drive, as he insists, he needed to protect the chain of custody. He needed to make sure nobody could get their hands on Hunter Biden's hard drive to alter it. Back in 2020, the FBI and Homeland Security were terrified that Putin and Russia were once again attempting to interfere with our democracy the way they did in 2016. There was an ongoing federal investigation to protect the integrity of our elections. That involved that investigation involved monitoring Russian troll farms on social media. And it also involved preventing Putin from hacking email servers. Twitter in 2020 had a very specific policy refusing to promote information that came from questionable material, like a stolen laptop, which is why Twitter suspended James O'Keefe's Twitter account in April of 2021 citing Project Veritas's habit of amplifying material that has been altered or invades people's privacy. Like Ashley Biden's diary, Hunter Biden's laptop is private. You can't publish the contents of someone's laptop without prior consent. It is against the law to publish private facts about someone's personal life from their personal files under all the invasion of privacy statutes currently on the books. Now, there is legal precedent if the person is newsworthy. But Hunter Biden is not newsworthy, he's not running for office. The fact that his laptop may or may not contain emails between him and a newsworthy figure like his dad, it doesn't give law enforcement or political tricksters the license to go on a fishing expedition inside Hunter Biden's laptop looking for a crime. You need, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, Prima facie reasonable suspicion. In other words, you need reasonable suspicion at first sight to go digging into that laptop, and you need a warrant. There was never any prima facie reasonable suspicion. There was absolutely no justification for looking inside Hunter Biden's laptop The same reason there was no justification for trying to sell Ashley Biden's diary to James O'Keefe's Project Veritas. So Rudy Giuliani got his hands on Hunter Biden's laptop. And who does he give it to? Like I said, he didn't give it to the FBI or, you know, do the honorable thing and give it back to Hunter Biden. I mean, why Would anyone who loves this country go through Hunter Biden's laptop without first getting a search warrant, especially if you're Rudy Giuliani, an officer of the court, a former prosecutor? Again, if you think a crime has been committed, Rudy Giuliani, you need to report it to the FBI or the police so they can take care of all those Fourth Amendment illegal search and seizure fruit of the poison tree issues. So it doesn't get thrown out of court. But instead, Rudy Giuliani goes straight to the New York Post. And now, legal genius that he is, Rudy has completely contaminated the chain of custody of that laptop. Nobody can prove now that the Russians didn't tamper with the computer, So that laptop is contaminated. It cannot be used as evidence in a court of law. Whatever is on that hard drive now because of how it was mishandled by Rudy Giuliani, it's automatically inadmissible in a court of law. But it was never intended to be used in a court of law. It was intended to humiliate the Biden family. That's why you'll notice that this House Oversight Committee isn't calling Rudy Giuliani to testify. The guy behind the story, the number one guy behind the story, Rudy Giuliani, who peddled the story to the New York Post, the Republicans did not call him to testify before the House Oversight Committee. Wouldn't that be valuable? Wouldn't you like to find out how he got the laptop and whether or not he thought about turning it over to the police? Don't you think Jim Jordan, who's chairman of the House Judiciary Committee and is also serving on the House Oversight Committee that's holding these hearings, wouldn't Jim Jordan be interested in whether or not the chain of custody has been contaminated? But like I said, Rudy wasn't thinking like a prosecutor, he was thinking like a political operative, which is pretty much what he has been for the last 40 years. He was just trying to turn a crack addict into a political liability. He wasn't interested in getting to the bottom of the Biden family's influence peddling. He just wanted to tarnish the Biden reputation so Donald Trump could win in 2020. And that's why he took the laptop and the story to the New York Post. The New York Post. Unless you're from New York, you'd be forgiven for not knowing that the New York Post isn't a real newspaper. It sounds like a real newspaper, right? There's the Washington Post. That's a real newspaper. The New York Post isn't a real newspaper. It is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who also owns Fox News. To put it another way, the New York Post is a legitimate news gathering operation, the same way Fox News is a legitimate news gathering operation. Anyone and I mean, anyone from New York knows that the Post, the New York Post, is a tabloid. It doesn't do investigative journalism. It covers celebrities and manufacturers' outrage. That's why Rudy took Hunter Biden's hard drive to the New York Post and not the Washington Post or the New York Times, Think for a second. If you have proof of a real crime and you have the evidence in your hand, where do you go? The New York Times? You go to the Washington Post? They publish the Pentagon Papers. They worked with Julian Assange. They have the lawyers to protect whistleblowers. The New York Post? They don't do investigative journalism, they're a scandal sheet. Okay, so it's 2020, weeks before the presidential election, and the New York Post publishes a story about Hunter Biden, who is not running for office, a story based on a hard drive that alcoholic Rudy Giuliani had in his possession, that Steve Bannon also had in his possession. Steve Bannon, by the time they turned this story over to the New York Post, Steve Bannon had been indicted for wire fraud and money laundering. A month before Steve Bannon is helping Rudy Giuliani pedal Hunter Biden's laptop to the Post, Steve Bannon is indicted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for essentially stealing money from a charity. He was eventually pardoned by Trump for that. So he never went on trial. So the, the the chain of custody of that laptop has been completely contaminated. You've got Rudy Giuliani, an alcoholic, and Steve Bannon, who's just been indicted for money laundering and wire fraud, handling this laptop. This story that exposes supposedly the Biden family's influencing... Influence peddling in Ukraine, it will never hold up in a court of law. But that's not how Republicans operate. They're not interested in finding the truth. They're only interested in muddying the rhetorical waters so people don't know how to vote. They traffic in alternative facts, alternative theories, what ifs, what abouts, conspiracy theories. And most importantly, plain old lies. That's how Republicans win elections, by lying about their opponents and themselves. And the minute you try to correct them and give them the facts, you're accused of bias. For example, Dan Rather, the CBS anchor, who was pretty much fired. For going with a story back in two thousand and four, when then President George W. Bush was running for re-election, Dan Rather had evidence that back when he was in his twenties, George W. Bush was a wall from the Alabama Air National Guard, and to this day, nobody has ever proven that Rather's story was wrong. Rather's story was never proven to be wrong, the same way nobody can prove that George W. Bush showed up to serve in the Alabama Air National Guard as he claims to have, right? Now, George W. Bush in 2004 had just launched an illegal invasion of Iraq that had been completely blundered. And Rather, Dan Rather had witnesses who claimed that George W. Bush had gone missing from the Alabama Air National Guard back during the Vietnam War. There was a typewritten letter that Dan Rather presented on 60 Minutes 2, and it wasn't a hard drive, and he presented it on 60 Minutes 2. Immediately, the right-wing attack machine coalesced on the Internet And they began to sow doubt about the authenticity of the letter. Nobody could prove the letter was fake. But enough doubt had been sown on the authenticity of the letter. They they got it so that Dan Rather couldn't prove the letter was real. And so Bush got reelected and Dan Rather was fired even though George W. Bush was a wall during Vietnam. Republicans learned from that. See, Dan Rather, that story wasn't wrong. He just couldn't prove uh, with 100% certitude that one single typewritten letter wasn't 100% authentic. And Republicans learned from that. They learned that truth doesn't matter when you can tarnish it tarnish the truth which brings me back to another drug addicted son of Yale, Hunter Biden we've got two presidential sons, both went to Yale, Hunter Biden and George W. Bush and both ended up as addicts see what pulling strings for your kids see what it does when you, it, when you pull strings for your kids, it weakens them Hunter Biden got into Yale Law School because his father, Joe, was on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and Joe Biden got Bill Clinton to pull strings for Hunter. The dean took Hunter in and then got appointed to be a judge a year and a half later by Bill Clinton. And George W. Bush, George W. Bush had so many strings pulled for him him he should have been named tampon the hearings this week about twitter and the hunter biden story are not about getting to the bottom of the role social media can play in changing the outcome of elections and that is a serious problem there should be hearings on that uh there should be hearings on twitter about their The the fake accounts, the the, the bots, the way Twitter promulgates lies that not just threaten our democracy, but our health, COVID lies. But that's not what these hearings are about because Republicans use Twitter to spread lies about COVID and the elections. Okay, now, this is where it gets uh, important. And I'm working off several sources, uh, but I'm going to work mostly off an Associated Press story from 2019 because it's not behind a paywall. Okay, this is by Eric Tucker, October 17th, 2020. It's the Associated Press, not behind a paywall. And it came out right after the New York Post's Hunter Biden story was published. Okay, and by the way, What's left out of this conservative Republican narrative is that nobody ever stopped the New York Post from printing the story about Hunter Biden. This entire Republican investigation is into Twitter not amplifying the story. That's what all this is about. Twitter suspended the New York Post's account in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. New York Post's uh, Twitter account was suspended for 16 days in the lead up to the 2020 election because Twitter, a private company, felt the Post was spreading misinformation. It also didn't like the provenance of the story. It didn't. It had, had a policy of not amplifying stories that came from a computer hack, which is exactly what the Hunter Biden story is. So Twitter, we are told, suppressed a New York Post story about Hunter Biden. Why? Why did they suppress it? Because they are a private company that has every right to not want to platform Russian election interference. The same kind of Russian interference that took place in 2016. We know, we know that Putin interfered in the 2016 election. Whether or not Hillary would have won had he not interfered, that's subject to debate. Hillary didn't campaign in, what was it, Michigan and Wisconsin? She lost it all by herself. But that doesn't mean Putin didn't interfere with our 2016 elections. Now, you can argue that Twitter is too big. I believe that and has too much influence. I believe that. Uh, But you can't argue that they don't have the right to crack down on their users who spread lies about COVID or the 2020 election. They're a private company. I won't have anybody on this little show who's going to lie about COVID. Why should Twitter? That's their prerogative as a private corporation. Again, we know that in 2016, Russian bots were spreading lies about Hillary Clinton. But here's where it's really interesting. Republicans, after Trump won, insisted that Twitter wasn't important enough in 2016 to sway a presidential election. So who cares about the bots, right? Fast forward to 2020. Twitter is cracking down on election misinformation. Trump loses. And all of a sudden, the Republicans say Twitter is important enough to change the election results. Isn't that interesting? Russia, again, interfered in 2016. And uh, here's this AP story that is really important. When Trump put Rudy Giuliani on the Hunter Biden story, there are many in the intelligence community who believe that having Rudy Giuliani look for dirt... Because it was Rudy Giuliani, that helped Russia interfere in the 2020 presidential election. Because Rudy Giuliani is a compromised alcoholic. He is, according to our intelligence agencies and reporting in mainstream media, he is considered a Russian asset. He is, as Joseph Stalin would say, a useful idiot. In other words, he would sue somebody for calling him a Russian asset. What he is, is unwittingly a Russian stooge. He doesn't know he's a Russian asset and he can be fed misinformation in order for Russia to conduct election interference by putting Rudy Giuliani in charge of digging up dirt on Hunter Biden. Trump opened up a pathway for Russia to feed unwittingly to Rudy Giuliani misinformation. This is from the associated press on october 17th 2020 right this is when the when the when the story the new york post story came out and twitter suspended the new york post's uh, account for 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 spreading this okay this is let me go full screen and read this to you okay the washington post reported thursday this was in 2020 that intelligence agencies had warned the White House last year, that would be 2019, that Rudy Giuliani was the target of a Russian influence operation. The newspaper, citing four former officials, said that assessment was based on information, including intercepted communications showing Giuliani had been in contact with people Tied to Russian interference, Russian intelligence. Now, maybe Rudy was too drunk and too stupid to know that he was a Russian stooge being fed false information. But this is what, in 2019, our intelligence agencies believed. This is uh, the, the headline. From the Washington Post, this is written by Ellen Nakashima, Shane Harris and Tom Hamburger. This is from May 1st, 2021 headline. FBI was aware prominent Americans, including Giuliani, were targeted by Russian influence operation. This is from when me go full screen on this and read it to you. This is from The Washington Post, 2021. The FBI became aware in late 2019 that Rudolph W. Giuliani was the target of a Russian influence operation aimed at circulating falsehoods intended to damage President Biden politically ahead of last year's election, according to people familiar with the matter. More from the Washington Post. Same story. Officials planned to warn Giuliani as part of an extensive effort by the bureau to alert members of Congress and at least one conservative media outlet, that would be One American News, that they faced a risk of being used to further Russia's attempt to influence the election's outcome said several current and former U.S. officials. All spoke on the condition of anonymity because the matter remains highly sensitive. You can argue that Russia interference didn't swing the election, but there's pretty much incontrovertible evidence that Putin— was interfering in our elections in 2016 and 2020, the same way he interferes in elections in France, Brexit, Hungary. He does Russian interference. Now, there is a reason Republicans side with Russia over Ukraine, right? Russia invades Ukraine and there are many Republicans who openly support Putin and call Zelensky a Nazi. Right. They are being manipulated intellectually, financially or both by Russia. And I'm talking about Republicans. And yes, yes, our CIA does what Putin does. We do it to Russia. We did it to Ukraine and any other country that is of vital interests overseas to us, uh, more importantly, to the richest 1%. We manipulate. We spread propaganda. We do overseas what we accuse Putin of. But I'm an American and this is about my democracy and my elections, right? And they are being manipulated. They are being manipulated by foreign actors. I'm not saying that Hillary lost because of Putin. I just don't appreciate our elections being manipulated the way we manipulate other countries' elections, okay? When you manipulate when you spread lies and misinformation and propaganda in the United States, we are at a strategic disadvantage more than I think any other country in the industrialized world. I doubt there is a country that has the has an unparalleled First Amendment the way we do. I doubt that there's a country that comes uh, close to our freedom of speech protections. S- so that makes it much easier in this country to spread lies and propaganda. It makes our electorate more vulnerable, especially since we're not too smart. It, uh, we're not. And so we have this uh, almost uh, absolute freedom of speech, and no critical thinking. It makes our elections vulnerable because, believe it or not, I know this is hard for people to believe, but our government can't control what information people get their hands on. Let me repeat that. Our government, I wish our government could control the information that people get their hands on. If it could, everyone would be vaccinated and nobody would be taking horse dewormer to prevent COVID, okay? I wish the government, uh, not really, but the government doesn't control what you know. Okay. These hearings about Hunter Biden's laptop are not about freedom of speech or our elections. It's about one thing, one thing only, Donald effing Trump. Trump lost in 2020. First, he said he got more votes than Joe Biden. But despite being the ruling party, the Republicans, Trump, had the election stolen from him. Right? Then, after 50 court cases charging election fraud were all rejected, Trump staged an insurrection to stop the certification of the election for Joe Biden on January 6th. When that failed, he decided to run once again for president, and this time he is insisting that he would have gotten the votes he needed had Twitter not suppressed A New York Post story of dubious provenance, a story that anybody could read, just not through Twitter, which, by the way, has maybe, what, 50 million active users in America? But we don't know. We have no idea how many of those so-called users are bots, which is why Elon Musk, when he uh, made the offer to buy Twitter, he said, I need an accounting just how many users you have. And he backed out. He, ba- he said, I'm not buying Twitter because they can't tell me how many active users there really are. He was forced to buy the company, but he, he wanted to know. He was saying a lot of these users are bots. So I would love to see congressional hearings on that issue. You know, Twitter isn't real. Twitter isn't real. You know, I like Twitter. A lot of people who are journalists like Twitter, but it's not real. A lot of the people retweeting your stuff or retweeting other people's stuff are bots. And even if Twitter were real, it's not America's only source of news. It wasn't influential enough to throw the election but, you know, to suppress the Hunter Biden story and throw the election in favor of uh, Joe Biden. Right. Donald Trump lost because he sucked as a president, not because Americans didn't know that Hunter Biden was a crack addict. That didn't matter. That story wasn't going to change the election. And that story was out there. Twitter couldn't suppress the story. They just delayed the release for 16 days on Twitter. Everybody knew about the Hunter Biden story. All right. Um, Here is Ohio Senator J.D. Vance, Yale graduate, uh, Republican. Here he is this week insisting on the Sean Hannity Show that Twitter— is so influential that just by suppressing one story, look how ridiculous this is, that just suppressing one story about Hunter Biden, by doing that, that's why Donald Trump lost. Listen to this horseshit. On this FBI story, we cannot say this enough, that the leadership of the FBI working with big tech directly interfered in the 2020 election. There are independent analyses, Sean, that suggest that the, the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story cost Donald Trump millions of votes all across the country. That is the election integrity issue that we should be focusing on. And the fact that we're not. So, again, I pointed this out earlier, cost Donald Trump millions of votes. So the Republicans are admitting that he lost. They're admitting that he didn't win. They're not claiming that the ballots were tampered with. They're saying he lost because people didn't get to read the Hunter Biden story. And so they voted for Biden. They're admitting that there was no election fraud by spreading this new excuse. Right? Look, I'm not here to defend the Biden family. I do resent the way Republicans and right wing media, I I resent the way they lie and spread misinformation, knowing that it's not going to be corrected. The misinformation being spread is that Vice President Biden in 2016, then Vice President Biden, Pushed for Ukraine to fire their top prosecutor. This was in 2016. Not. Uh, he was pushing for Ukraine to fire the prosecutor because it was self-interest. But he wanted that prosecutor fired because that uh, prosecutor was digging in to Hunter Biden. Joe Biden was the vice president. He didn't have the power to go to Ukraine and order them to fire the prosecutor, the chief prosecutor, to protect his own son. The truth is he was carrying a message from Barack Obama to fire that prosecutor because that prosecutor wasn't digging into corruption enough. That was the message Biden was an errand boy sent by Joe Biden, uh, sent by Barack Obama, the EU, Great Britain, the International Monetary Fund and President Obama, who all wanted, were demanding that if you want money, Ukraine, you have to fire this prosecutor because he's corrupt. We will not give you any more money because your country is corrupt. You need to get a prosecutor who will prosecute corruption. Biden didn't order the prosecutor fired to, to protect his son, Hunter. Now, you might be a leftist or a populist who despises the EU or Great Britain, the IMF, the World Bank, President Obama, and I may even be with you on that. But the truth is the truth. And the truth is, they all wanted that Ukrainian prosecutor fired because he was not digging into corruption. Biden, the truth is, Biden when he delivered that message, was working for Obama. He wasn't protecting Hunter. He was speaking for Obama, the EU, Great Britain, the International Monetary Fund, and the United States. Fire that prosecutor and crack down on corruption. Rudy Giuliani is an alcoholic. Every single report about the Trump presidency refers to Rudy being a sloppy drunk. You saw it in the January 6 hearings, how drunk he was on election night, how he walks around with his fly unzipped. Rudy Giuliani was brought in by Donald Trump in 2019 to look for dirt on Hunter Biden, even though Trump's own FBI, and he appointed Christopher Wray, even the, the head of the FBI, uh, even his own national security staff, who he appointed, they all warned Donald Trump in 2019 and 2020 that Rudy Giuliani had been completely compromised by Russian agents. But Trump Trump didn't care. He wanted a different set of facts. So he brought in Rudy to dig up dirt, even though that dirt, there was a high likelihood that that dirt would be coming directly from the Russians. Misinformation. So he brought in Rudy not to prosecute Hunter Biden, to dig up dirt, dirt that could have been provided by Russian spies. He didn't care what our government, what his own advisors told him. The same way after the election in 2020, everyone told President Trump by December of 2020, everyone told him you lost. Everybody, his attorney general, Bill Barr, the entire Justice Department, Jared, Ivanka, they all told him you lost. So Trump went outside the Oval Office and brought in Rudy, bring in Rudy, the corpse, the alcoholic corpse, reeking of embalming fluid. Rudy broke and desperate. He will say anything and do anything to stay relevant and get money and attention. So if Donald Trump wanted to say the election was stolen, Rudy is willing to get disbarred in Washington, D.C., in New York, spreading lies about the 2020 election. He can't practice law anymore. His licenses have been suspended in D.C. and New York, specifically because of the lies he spread after the election in 2020. If Donald Trump wants Rudy to get dirt on Hunter Biden and his everybody from the FBI, his intelligence agencies say, stay away from Rudy, he's compromised. He's a Russian, an unwitting, Russian asset, doesn't matter. Trump brings him in, Rudy violates the law and uh, gets what he claims to be dirt on Hunter, passes it on to the New York Post, whether or not it's true. And it doesn't matter who gets destroyed along the way. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. And so you've got The House Oversight Committee that should be looking into real problems, real problems with Twitter, real problems with election interference. Uh, You've got the uh, House Oversight Committee looking into this horseshit because Trump still has Republicans in Congress terrified. And they held hearings to prove Trump would have won in 2020 if Twitter had just amplified the Hunter Biden story. Here's one of my favorite Republicans on the House Oversight Committee who loved grilling these four Twitter executives. This is Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins. He represents Louisiana's third congressional district, before he was a Republican congressman, Clay uh, Higgins had a background in law enforcement. Uh, that was around uh, 2007, up until 2007, when he turned in his badge to avoid disciplinary action that had been recommended by the Opelousa, Louisiana Police Department, which suspended him without pay for using excessive force, making false statements, and punching somebody he arrested and handcuffed. He handcuffed a suspect and then punched him. He quit and became a local celebrity in Louisiana, hosting a crime stopper television show that the local ACLU tried to stop because Higgins was essentially calling for the execution of gang members before they even had a trial. This is a former police officer. So, since Clay Higgins could no longer find work enforcing the laws, he had no choice but to run for office as a Republican and go to Washington, D.C. to write the laws or whatever Republicans do when they get to Washington. I'm not quite sure. Clay Higgins is, shall we say, First Amendment challenged. He is Fourth Amendment challenged. He is. mm, What's the word I'm looking for? A a fascist. This is, I believe. uh, I think he's got problems. And I'm surprised that he's only on his fourth marriage. There was a Mrs. Clay Higgins, somebody married, four people, four women married this guy. There was a uh, Mrs. Clay Higgins uh, in uh, 1991. uh, Up until 1991, they got divorced. Then there was another Mrs. Clay Higgins who he divorced in 1999. Then another Mrs. Clay Higgins, who uh, he divorced or she divorced. They got divorced in 2008. And there's a new Mrs. Higgins that he married in 2009. And he is being sued for more than $140,000 in unpaid child support. But he opposes abortion and same-sex marriage because traditional families must be protected, unless, of course, it means coughing up $140,000 in unpaid child support. Clay Higgins voted against certifying the presidential election in 2020. He opposes COVID restrictions, got into social media, got into trouble on Facebook after he urged people to shoot Black Lives Matter protesters or kind of suggested, hinted, that maybe people should take shots at Black Lives Matter protesters. But other than that, he's my kind of guy. And who better than a rogue cop to sit on the House Oversight Committee and demand to know why Americans were deprived the fruits of the poison tree from evidence stolen from Hunter Biden's laptop. Here he is. Here is Clay Higgins questioning, grilling the Twitter executives. Let's watch. Oh, that, that doesn't look good. That, that's a big windup. When, when you're going for that big windup, that doesn't look good.
2: You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part.
0: Later comes the arrest part. This is him doing uh, bad cop, bad cop. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been arrested? I have. Do you ever get arrested by a cop who's working out his frustrations on you? Where it has, you realize this has nothing to do with law enforcement. It's more about, I want to take my fourth wife out for dinner at hometown buffet for our anniversary, but I can't because I owe $140,000 in back child support. He's going to take it out. He's going to take it out on you.
2: Later comes the arrest part.
0: Yeah, later comes the arrest part. Right now is the foreplay. Try to imagine how Clay Higgins uh, treated blacks or Mexicans, women, members of the LGBTQ community during a routine traffic stop over a busted taillight. I can assure you there was a lot of
2: Later comes the arrest part.
0: Yeah. This is the face of the Republican Party. It is all about cruelty. It is all about people like Clay Higgins who feel lousy. People like Clay Higgins wake up every day and just feel like crap. Four marriages, $140,000 in back child support, and he sleeps in his office in the Capitol on an air mattress and showers in the congressional gym. I'm not making that up. So this is somebody who uh, should not be a cop, should not be a husband, should not be serving on the House Oversight Committee, should not be serving in Congress in my humble estimation, he should be serving time. I do not trust Clay Higgins. I don't think he's committed any crimes that I know of. I just don't trust him. This is Congressman Troy Nell's, who also serves Republican on the House Oversight Committee. And with Troy Nell's It is. It's all about freedom. It is all about freedom. And he should know about freedom because before becoming a United States congressman, uh, he ran a Texas jail for eight years. This is his second term in Congress. And uh, yeah, Troy Nels was going to run for Congress back in 2018, but he had a little problem. It turns out He was fired from the Richmond, Texas, Police Department for destruction of evidence. Uh, He is also accused of lying on his application for a job uh, that he applied for uh, with the Fort Bend, Texas, Police Department. When he was filling out the application, he claimed he swore that he had never been arrested when, in fact, he had been arrested several times for underage, drinking, and obstructing an officer. Hey, we all make mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. But maybe this isn't the guy who should be serving on the House Oversight Committee, especially when they're holding hearings on Twitter. And on the same day that they're holding hearings on Twitter and misinformation and suppression, on that same day, he takes to Twitter to spread conspiracy theories about Twitter. There was an electrical problem, and so there was a short, and they had to stop the hearings for a little while. So Troy Nell's takes to Twitter. Former Twitter executives testified before the Oversight Committee, and the power went out. Now Twitter is facing widespread issues, coincidences. See, coincidences. This is the bread and butter of Republicans like Troy Nell's, member of the Freedom Caucus, graduate of Liberty University, member Liberty uh, University, the 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 bastion of rampant sex with Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife. They would tell the kids not to masturbate, that sex is dirty. And then Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife would crawl through the dormitories uh, asking uh, men for blowjobs. Liberty, 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 Liberty University. Uh, So that's what Troy Nels did. He took to Twitter to spread conspiracy theories because he's a Republican. And this, breed of Republican. They don't govern. They don't come to Washington to make anyone's life better other than their own life. They spread conspiracy theories. They sow doubt about our government. They make our government look evil, right? You know, there's an electrical outage briefly uh, during the Twitter hearings, and he takes to Twitter to spread misinformation. Coincidence? Uh, make government look evil. The government is trying to shut down these hearings. You know, maybe it's not a good look for an ex-cop who got fired for destroying evidence, Troy Nels, to be spreading conspiracy theories on Twitter while you're serving on House Oversight. Maybe if you get fired for destroying evidence as a cop and then you're lucky enough to go to Congress You should pay special attention to what is true and what isn't, especially since you got fired as a cop for destroying evidence. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert also sat, sits on the House Oversight Committee. And when the electricity went out during the hearings, she too took to Twitter she wrote, Twitter goes down right after we have our hearing with worst of the Twitter 1.0 crew. It might just be a coincidence, but that's surely a huge coincidence. Yeah, huge co- coincidence. She sits on the House Oversight Committee looking into Twitter combating misinformation. And what does Congresswoman Lauren Boebert do? She spreads misinformation on Twitter about the hearings on Twitter about combating misinformation. Nobody turned off your electricity. Coincidence? Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, she got down to work, though. It was her turn to grill the Twitter executives. And one of the key takeaways from her questioning is that she is on a first-name basis with Elon Musk. Everybody else calls him Elon Musk. She calls him Elon. Here is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert grilling the Twitter executives.
1: I, Elon, you all. I, the Hunter Biden laptop. I am angry. I attacked Elon. And let me just say, the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, I would say that that was taking place. Elon, I, and let me just say, election interference. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? I, the Hunter Biden laptop. I am angry. You silenced members of Congress. The Hunter Biden laptop. I am angry. You silenced me from communicating, Elon. I am angry over a freaking joke. The Hunter Biden laptop. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? I yeah, I would say that that was taking place. And let me just say, the Hunter Biden laptop because of you four sitting here. And let me just say, the Hunter Biden laptop, this is fundamental. You all. And let me just say, attacked. And let me just say, I think it's far past time. Big tech platforms. And let me just say, myself. And let me just say, myself. I'm not angry because myself. I was myself. Silenced. I can reach out to Elon. I am angry. Silenced. Because of Elon. The FBI. Twitter. B. I yield.
0: know, if I were Lauren Boebert, I'd carry a loaded pistol with me at all times, too. I kind of see why she needs one. And this is what Joe Biden walked into on Tuesday. Joe Biden, seen here pressing an imaginary, uh, seen here bench pressing an imaginary six pounds. Uh, That's a big lift for him. Uh, He gave a State of the Union and there was anger there were, there were some angry Republicans, angry Republican women. Uh, you know, there was Lauren Boebert. You remember her? She told uh, the Twitter executives,
1: I am angry.
0: Yeah. And then in the audience was Senator, uh, and Republican from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski. And, uh, she's angry. She, uh, uh, railed at Pentagon officials on Thursday who were testifying on the Chinese balloon. And uh, Senator Murkowski is angry.
3: As an Alaskan, I am so angry.
0: She's so angry. And then the senator delivered a lecture to the Pentagon officials about strategic defense and why balloons cannot fly over Alaska.
3: If you're going to have Russia coming at you, if you're going to have China coming at you, we know exactly how they come.
0: Oh, you, because you live in Alaska, you know exactly how they come. Isn't this classified information? Should I be playing this? Please continue.
3: They come up and they go over Alaska.
0: Okay, so that would be north. <laughs> continue.
3: Sometimes they go on the top.
0: On the top that w- that would that would be north. Continue. Please continue.
3: Sometimes they go on the top.
0: Yeah, that's north.
3: Sometimes they go straight across.
0: Straight across that would kind of be like a southerly Route. Uh, not quite sure what that has to do with a weather balloon, other than
3: I am so angry.
0: And uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert,
1: I am angry.
0: Okay. Well, this is what Joe Biden had to deal with Tuesday night. <laughs> At this at the State of the Union, a lot of angry Republican women. But nobody, nobody is angrier than Marjorie Taylor Greene, who uh, interrupted Joe Biden's State of the Union address to scream. Liar. Did you hear that? She, she called him a liar. And uh, then she jumped up to the gallery to call Paul Pelosi a liar. And on her way home from uh, the State of the Union, Marjorie Taylor Greene stopped by a four alarm fire to tell a family of six trapped in a burning building that they too are liars. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene. People, at least Republicans, They miss Donald Trump. The Republicans watched Joe Biden's State of the Union. They couldn't stand it. They miss Donald Trump. Ronnie Jackson is now a congressman. He was Donald Trump's personal physician until they found out he was, uh, how should we put this, uh, drank too much was prescribing uppers and downers to everyone who worked in Trump's Oval Office. And so he had no choice to run for Congress in Texas. He's now serving in Congress as a uh, Republican from Texas. Here is Ronnie Jackson's tweet. Tonight's State of the Union was all lies. Everything has gotten worse under Biden. If he, Biden, really cared about the state of our country, he'd resign immediately from Dr. Ronnie Jackson. There's somebody who uh, I want to treat me. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan tweeted out after the uh, State of the Union, America misses, America misses President Trump's leadership. Well, Donald Trump heard the call. And he took to social media and C-SPAN played it. This is Donald Trump's State of the Union address. He took to social media and he had his own response to Joe Biden's State of the Union.
2: Here's the real State of the Union. Crisis, calamity, disaster. And I'm a victim of it. Destruction of our country. Millions and millions of illegal aliens. Drug cartels, and I'm a victim of it. Rapists and poison. Savage killers, rapists, and crime wave. In the history of our country, inflation. Weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it. Persecuting, waging war, free speech. Mutilate our children, and I'm a victim of it. Brink of World War III, the most corrupt president in American history. Crisis, calamity, disaster, destruction of our country, and I'm a victim of it.
0: That was Donald Trump's response to Joe Biden's State of the Union, and then Don Jr. offered up his response to the State of the Union. He took to social media as well. This is Don Jr.
2: ...to Joe Biden's insane dream world State of the Union last night, where he got up and literally seemed to run on like a Trump, make America great again for the working class platform, except we all see the results. It's a big lie.
0: Okay, it's a big lie. Well, what kind of president was Donald Trump? You know, with all the corruption during the four years of his presidency, we forget that by all standards, by all benchmarks, Donald Trump was a failure as a president. We often forget that there was so much chaos. We forget that Donald Trump was a horrible, horrible president. For example, he ran on getting tough with criminals. Uh, According to factcheck.org, they're with the uh, uh, Annenberg Public Policy Center. Annenberg uh, was best friends with Ronald Reagan. This is not a left-wing fact-checking organization. According to factcheck.org, the Annenberg Public Policy Center, Mr. Tough on Crime... When Donald Trump left office in 2020, the murder rate in 2020 rose to the highest level since 1997, Mr. Tough on Crime. When, uh, uh, by the time uh, he left office, the rate of aggravated assaults also rose by 12.6%. This is from the Annenberg Public Policy Center. They go on to write the FBI's annual crime in the United States report, which was released on September 27th, 2020, showed that 4,157 more homicides were committed in 2020 than in 2016 when Donald Trump took office. Donald Trump, absolute failure in protecting our health when Trump Left office, 401,000 people had died from COVID. The number of Americans lacking health insurance rose by 3 million during Trump's presidency. In his last year, 2020, there were 37.2 million people living in poverty. That was an increase of 3.3 million in one year. Remember how he promised to... Get, you know, he described this apocalyptic carnage when he, during his inauguration in 2016, 3.3 million more people living in poverty in his last year in office. Remember beautiful, clean coal, right? All the promises he made to the coal miners for their votes in West Virginia. By the time he left office, coal mining jobs dropped by nearly 17 percent, and they're not coming back, no matter what Joe Manchin and Donald Trump say. Donald Trump, according to the Annenberg Public Policy Center, factcheck.org, Trump is the first president in modern times to experience a net loss of jobs during his time in office. That is, according to to factcheck.org, as well as the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have been keeping monthly employment figures all the way back to 1939. See, we forget, because he was so corrupt, we forget that he is one of the worst presidents in American history. He is an absolute failure. The billionaire, right, was supposed to make our economy great, Trump finished his presidency with an economy that had 2.9 million fewer jobs than when he started. Mr. Billionaire, right? He was going to balance the budget, right? The federal debt went from $14.4 trillion to $21.6 trillion when he left office. And I've talked about this on the show. He promised he was going to get rid of our debt. Uh, it went from 14.4 to 21.6. That's a $7 trillion increase in the hist- The United States has been racking up debt since 1776, right? Donald Trump is responsible for one third of our debt, the king of debt. And how did he do it? He did it by giving a tax cut to the richest 1%. He is a total fa- his presidency was a total failure. He didn't lose because Twitter suppressed a New York Post story about Hunter Biden. He lost because he was a failure as president. He was fired. You're fired. He got fired. The debt as a percentage of the economy grew under Donald Trump, rising. Now, look at this. This is incredible. Our debt rose from 76.2 percent of our gross domestic product in 2016 when he took office to, and I didn't know this was possible, to 100.1 percent. I didn't even know there's such a thing as 100.1 percent. It rose to 100.1% of our gross domestic product in 2020 when he left office. That's according to the Office of Management and Budget. Donald Trump, right? So let's compare him to Joe Biden, because the genius, Don Jr., says that Joe Biden was lying and that his father was such a great president, right? Okay, When Trump left office, 401,000 people had died from COVID. His COVID response was an absolute disaster. The worst in the world. More Americans have died in total and per capita than any other country in the world. And that's because of Donald Trump. Joe Biden takes office and... 215 million Americans fully vaccinated and an estimated two thirds of eligible adults have received their booster shots in spite of Donald Trump spreading misinformation about vaccines and COVID. In 2021, one year in office, Uh, It is estimated that Joe Biden saved over one million American lives and prevented over 10 million hospitalizations by making government work for the American people. Look, I'm not defending Biden. He's not for socialized medicine. He's not for single payer. I'm a Bernie supporter. But in terms of just lies that the Trump people tell and the Republicans tell, The fact is that Joe Biden has handled COVID better than Donald Trump, who created COVID. Okay, Donald Trump. uh, Mr. Big on crime, he was going to get rid of crime, right? He would tell the police, you know, rough them up. You know, don't watch their heads when you're putting them into a police car. Let them bang their heads. The murder rate in 2020? Trump's last year in office rose to the highest level since 1997. Under Trump, the rate of aggravated assaults also rose under Trump by 12.6 percent. Joe Biden. Data released by the FBI shows that violent crime fell by an estimated 1 percent in 2021 compared with the previous year. Joe Biden took over. Violent crime fell by 1% in one year. In 2000, there were over 500 violent offenses recorded per 100,000 people. That was Donald Trump's last year in office, right? Trump's in office, 500 violent offenses recorded per 100,000 Americans. One year of Joe Biden, and that figure was down to just under 400 in one year. Donald Trump. Trump finished his presidency with an economy that had 2.9 million fewer jobs than when he started. That would make him a failure, right? Worst record of any president since they've been keeping records like this. They, you'd have to go all the way back to Hoover to get these kind of numbers. You'd have to go back to the Great Depression to get these Trump numbers. Joe Biden. Nearly 11 million jobs have been created since President Biden took office. Two years, 11 million jobs created, including 750,000 manufacturing jobs. Joe Biden, right now, the unemployment rate is at a 50-year low. And a record number of small businesses have started since President Biden took office. See, all those That stimulus, you know, uh, the, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, the stimulus packages, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, all of which I am horrified by how weak they are and don't do enough. But compared to Trump, much better under Biden, especially Black Americans and Hispanic Americans have near record low unemployment rates and people with disabilities are experiencing record low unemployment compared to a failure, this failure of a man, Donald Trump, who has failed at everything in life. When he was president, the number of Americans lacking health insurance rose by three million under Biden, the nation's uninsured uh, rate uh, is at a historically low, eight percent. Um, that number means nothing to me. People have insurance; they can't afford to use it. So, that's uh, that's a push. Donald Trump. This is fun. Facts are fun. The truth is fun. The federal debt went from 14.4 trillion to 21.6 trillion under the idiot, the failure, Donald Trump, Joe Biden. He lowered the deficit with the single largest annual reduction in American history. Now, I can't stand Joe Biden. I'm a democrat. He's everything that's wrong with the Democratic Party, His State of the Union was a great show, was performative. There were some things he said that resonated. I don't think he's capable of delivering uh, the kind of change we need to survive climate change and our for-profit health insurance system. I think we are being murdered by the oil companies and the health insurance companies. And unless we engage in a full-scale political war to put the oil companies and the health insurance companies out of business, you cannot coexist with murderers. Health insurance companies are murderers, ExxonMobil, murderers. We cannot coexist with them. If you want to stop climate change, you've got to put the oil companies out of business. There's no compromising here. During the State of the Union, Joe Biden said, you know, we're still going to need gas for the next 10 years. No, you need uh, the kind of leadership that says to ExxonMobil, Shell and BP that just recorded record profits, it's over. You're keeping it in the ground. You cannot coexist with the health insurance companies. They have to go out of business. And that's what Bernie Promised That if elected president, there would be Medicare for all, which would put the health insurance companies out of business. Any politician who says they're for Medicare for all, if they're not for putting health insurance companies out of business, they are not for Medicare for all. Bernie's Medicare for all plan. Specifies putting health insurance companies out of business and then training their employees on how to find work somewhere else where they're not murdering people. If you work for a health insurance company, you are murdering people, right? Okay. Uh, Joe B- this was all horseshit. It, you know, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. It's all performative. It's theatrics. It's a television show. We have this Arctic freeze coming and people are are being evicted and forced to live on the streets. We are not taking care of our fellow Americans and Washington, D.C., every single one of them, every single one of them is full of horseshit, except Bernie, except Bernie, who wore a mask, by the way. So Joe Biden gave his bullshit State of the Union. I thought it was pretty good in terms of, you know, Joel Bartlett, West Wing, horseshit. I like Biden better than Trump and the Republicans. I think this is the worst Republican Party in my lifetime. I think the Democrats kind of created this Republican Party by not standing up to them, that created this Republican Party by not offering an alternative. There is an alternative. It's Bernie Sanders. If you're not talking about food, shelter, education, health care. You're not talking about anything. You're not talking about anything. So I'm going to end tonight's show with the real state of the union. This was a speech that Senator Bernie Sanders gave last month. And it's uh, the most important speech that's been given all year, but it hasn't been reported on. Here are some of the things that Bernie Sanders said that Joe Biden didn't.
2: The rapidly growing concentration of ownership within our economy. In sector after sector, a handful of giant corporations control what is produced and how much we pay for their products. And by the way, when you talk about inflation, that has a hell of a lot to do with this concentration of ownership. And
0: then he said?
2: It's the incredible and dangerous power that billionaires have over our political system. Mm -hmm. We can hardly be called a vibrant democracy when a handful of the wealthiest people in this country can spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to elect the candidates they like. That is not democracy.
0: That is not
2: democracy. What we are witnessing now in this country is the rapid evolution of our society into an oligarchy in which the billionaire class has enormous and growing control over the economic and political life of this country. That is the reality. And that's a reality we must confront.
0: I'll give him the last word. But what more is there to say? What more is there to say? Senator Bernie Sanders. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor and share it with your friends. Please subscribe to the show and uh, hit the like button. What else do I need to tell you? Office hours starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, starts uh, 6 p.m. Friday nights. And uh, go to my website, for the link, or sign up for my newsletter over at my website, and the newsletter comes out Friday about an hour before office hours. It also contains the leak. I say leak link, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think I covered everything. Wow, okay, an hour and forty minutes. I am David Feldman, reminding you to stay
2: strong and protect the weak.